and welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kim Landon. I'm here with Lou Blasey, the producer from the world of. Oh, where are you going? With that? I don't know. I stopped. Don't you love it when I'm, you start a sentence and you have no idea where it's and going? Then I never get there. Well, because yeah. I have all these things flood into my head, like intrusive thoughts that I shouldn't say, that and things that are funny, yep. and then things that are really nice, and then I stop. So oh, I saw all the editing going on. Right? <laughs> you saw all the editing going on in my head? Saw it all. Well, because, you know, I know you're sensitive, and then I can't joke, and then if I say something nice, then you think I'm not being really nice. You think I'm then sensitive? You think, you, what? You think I'm sensitive? E yes. Oh, come on. Would you rather me say you're an ass? That's fine. Oh, my God. I've been called worse today. Okay, see, this is what I'm saying. By okay, so anyway, so good morning, everyone. It's a beautiful day here in Massachusetts. And um, we have gone from summer to eh, not really fall yet, even though we had a couple days of eh. Um, it's actually not that bad out. The studio's hot. Oh, the studio's hot. studio's like a heat box. The air conditioning Except for the unit bathroom. Is... The bathroom's like a... Like a the air conditioning unit is literally right above you. It's like this eight inches of duct between the air And you know what? This is probably why I have allergies when I come yeah. in here, Lou, because I'm sitting under the blower. Yeah. Well. What can we do about that? Don't you know who I am? I have no control over climate here in the studio. I'm going to reset here. You have no control over anything. I, that's true. Pretty much. That's and true. It's it's. Okay, I you know. have no control over my back screen either. Like, what no. kind of producer are you? Well, I got a forced Windows update on that computer God, before I have the show. a black screen behind me. My, yeah. You couldn't even put up a pretty picture of, like, a glacier. I'm getting there. So disappointing. And I have it, everything up except the... And I was even late because I was Chromecast sitting in traffic didn't... and you still don't have it ready. Yeah. yeah I know. God love you. <laughs> Happy fall. <laughs> is today the first day of fall? No, twenty. Yeah, twenty first, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, good thing because the topic today is gonna be fall. But I have to do. I will keep this recapping as as the world turns down in Florida. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, because yeah. oh, people were I very interested. In, oh, look at the pretty picture. Oh, that's so beautiful. Look at that backdrop. Oh, geez, you just took it down. I, Why do you have to do that to it's me? It's Google Chrome. It's changing now. You have nice horses. <sighs> Can you just stop? I'm trying. It's I'm like ADD. At... Just stop. Squirrel. Mm. Computers aren't working. Okay, can we focus? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Stop fooling around. Let's focus. Okay. Focus. Okay. So, um, oh, as the world turns in Florida. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> Was wow, did that spark a lot of interest for people who actually uh, live in HOAs oh, yeah. and have corruption and so on and so forth. And good morning, Chris Lord, and thank you for joining from Georgia. Oh, nice. That's where Chris Lorden is. Um, and thank you for listening in. So um, anyway, the the saga continues and it's, of course, gotten heated more. Yep. Because said said people that were involved in the crazy making of the insanity down there, you know, when you when you have people that are like that, what happens? They get worse. Yep. So, yeah. So, you know, they're leaking out everywhere. And they're running amok. And Lou and I had a nice little discussion after the show last week that I will not bring to light <laughs> on air. But it was correct. Yeah. The things that we were talking about. And so just for the peacekeeping of the factors. But, yeah, that was all true. And, and, and then some. So upon further investigation. 
So anyway, um, a point but I will keep you we'll... posted on the on the dilemma of the HOA. And speaking of yeah. HOAs, I also but there's got to be a is... point soon where suits and ties and briefcases show the up. There's got to be a point soon where suits and ties and briefcases show up. Oh, that's yeah. that's um yeah mm. yeah um <laughs> yep. So cool. You know it's big when the Hillsborough Sheriff's the County Sheriff's Department gets called. Wow. Yes. Them are fighting words. Them are fighting words. <laughs> yep, and and then because they got nothing better to and do. And they had well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then to have, I was called the all the fifty and sixty and seventy year olds fighting like kindergartners <laughs> at the clubhouse. I'm sorry, it's crazy. It's like the old Seinfeld storyline. I have to say that my friend and her group of friends and the group of people that are like actually healthy and not out of their minds. Yep. This is not on them. This is the. This is the bullies on the playground. So yeah. it's it it makes for it's sad, but it makes for entertainment. You think that adults would adult, but you know, that's beyond people. Yep. You know, why why be healthy when you can be a, a shit show? Right. <laughs> that's boring. Healthy is boring. Exactly. <laughs> There's no well, as we said at the end, and I think Michelle and I were saying it at the end on when she was texting back and forth, like someone needs a hobby. Someone <laughs> needs a hobby. Right. Um so I will keep people up to date on that because I can't they start a cornhole tournament down there and just <laughs> there's, plenty, there's plenty of those. <laughs> yeah, I like cornhole. It's fine. Oh, I'm terrible at it, but I like it. Yeah. And, you know, anyway. Yeah. Okay. So because we're moving along because it's fall and I think because it's the first day of fall, the 21st of uh, September. So next door, when I pulled in today to the studio, it reminded me, even though I was doing the show today on some fall things and, and mental health and, and being well during seasonal affective disorder starting and yeah. all these things, but um, and foods that you eat and how you can take better care of yourself. As I'm pulling in today, I'm so glad that I don't live close to the studio because man orchards, who, by the way, are amazing yeah. purveyors of making sick apple pies. They they have big signs up that of course you have know you not when I'm here thank God have you had the they're apple cream pies their apple cider donuts and their apple oh, pies yeah. and it's I don't as you know eat donuts or that stuff but give me an apple cider donut that just comes off the press even though 20 seconds later I will feel sick oh my God yeah. and so they're over there I can see them making and setting up and I'm like oh, I'm gonna have to like bolt out of here to get away from that because I'll be Press to go over. So say no to me. Tell have me. You, say, can have you had the uh, Have you had the apple cream pie yet? No. Oh. Oh, stop. Oh yeah, that's the one. See, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good for. This is not good for my mental health. No. So I look so at you're that. You're gonna have to just block. Uh, just gonna have to block your eyes when you go out of the driveway. Hmm. I will avert them to the right because it's directly in front of me. So I'll just avert them to the right. Yep. Make sure I don't go clobbered from the left of the tractor trailer coming at me from the left. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so. One of the best things about, well, if you live in New England and you're not from here and you're listening, I'm not sure what other parts of the country do because I've never been around them in the fall. Yep. And I know that down south where I spend a ton of time, they don't quite do this the same way. Um, up here, we have very specific smells and traditions and, and food. So we have apple pies going. We have apple picking. We have pumpkin picking. We have... Um, uh, the donuts, we yeah. have mazes, the corn mazes, and the we have very famous corn mazes up here that people go to, and you can go and pet, like, you know, the little pigs and the goats, and like, you know, I'm sure that people have that everywhere, yeah. but 
it's kind of New Englandy. Yep. Um, the leaves are starting to turn, which makes me sad because I'm not done with summer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we have some nice traditions, which are which make people really happy. Um, except for the fact when you go apple picking and you see families fighting and throwing apples at each other and hating it and saying that they wish they hadn't come. You know, there's that. <laughs> this next 30 days is what we remember in February. This, this is why we live in New England. The well, next 30 days. So yeah. if, if falls your, it falls your time. I mean, I'm a summer person, as yeah. you know, but I, I do like fall and I do like spring. I'm not a winter fan. I shouldn't have grown up here, but <laughs> I did. Um, thank you to my parents for keeping me in this area. I got to travel though. So I okay. got to see a lot of places, yeah. but um, fall is a really nice time of year for most people. Um, it's a transition time. So it has a lot of meaning mental health wise. It, it's, it's change. It's um, for some people, unfortunately, it's isolation. Mm -hmm. It becomes very sad for people because fall represents lots of really wonderful things of like change and transition and um, and even growth, even though it's not like spring in the same way. It's a growth in a different way. But also it's a time where this is where the time changes. And then because we have um, the daylight savings, uh, people we get less sun, less sun time, unless you wake up earlier and you grab it earlier, which people don't like to do. And then you get more sun time. Um, but you have people start feeling the effects of, oh my gosh, it's dark by six, dark by five, dark by four here in a month, we're going to be dark by four, right? Yep. Roughly. Yeah. Um, and so that's really hard on people. Now that happens. I mean, you go to Alaska, go out, you know, to the Northwest, you're going to have that earlier. You have that more of the year. Um, you go up North further. Um, so seasonal affective disorder is, is really something that, or we call it sad for a reason. Um, it's, it can happen. Some people I have in my, in my practice have it sort of intermittently all year long as any season changes they change with it um but traditionally seasonal affective disorder is this time of year where people kind of go into that that funky blah melancholy slump yeah um because it's hard to keep themselves motivated your body hardwired goes into sort of a dormancy this is when people put on 5 10 15 pounds um because they aren't as active they don't do their outdoor activities and so a hefty part of my conversations over the next month and a half going into the holidays, like I always do, will be with my clientele is about how to keep and maintain your mental stability, your healthy choices, all the activities while you're losing light and while you're losing all this good stuff. So, so one of the first things I say now, cause you still have a lot of light and you still have a lot of stuff you can do outside is be as active as you can still outside. I try to get you stay outside, stay upright, get off your butt, <laughs> do as much as you can, you know, enjoy bike rides with, not me, but <laughs> as you know, but yep. enjoy bike rides, go hiking. It's a perfect time of year, you know, all up, up and down the East coast, um, get out there early, obviously, because you don't want to get stuck on a mountain, um, especially up here in the Northeast, yep. because we tend to have snow at the higher elevations already now. Yep. Um, and people go into that in shorts and t-shirts and don't realize that it's, you know, 25 degrees and it's got almost a foot of snow at the top of like Mount Washington. Um, and they forget that they need to bring layers and then they die of hypothermia. No kidding. Um, and food and water, but so hiking, biking, um, the lakes and rivers are still warm enough to swim in. So, you know, still keep up those things just because people transition to fall. A lot of times I, I, 
I've seen this already happen last week, you know, right after Labor Day, people go into it's fall mode and people, even yeah. though it's 85 degrees out, people put pants and sweaters and start drinking pumpkin latte, <laughs> <laughs> the pumpkin flavored yep. everything. Yep. Um, that's all fine and good, but your, your body and your mind go into that mindset. And so on some level, yeah, that makes you happy and whatever, but it also contributes to people who don't feel good or have the, that sensitivity, having the anxiety and the sadness and those, those things come up. Then, even though I don't have statistics on this, I only have anecdotal evidence. This is the time of year and it's because of holidays. The big holidays are coming. Big holidays are reminiscing times for people who have, have passed away, um, relationships yeah. lost, um, grieving life passing by fall triggers that for a lot of people. It makes them think about their legacies, what they haven't done, what they want to do. So it has a lot of meaning. That's what I was thinking. There's a lot of mortality in fall. You have to deal with a lot of mortality because summer is ending, leaves are dropping kids. One more year at school, you know, your kid all of a sudden is in seventh grade, you know, where did the time go? Right. That type of thing. It's just, it's a lot of mortality to deal with. Yeah. It's a reminder. And and I and I don't think that people I really truly skies, don't think that people you know, think about it that yeah. way, and so Not that's how I think yeah. about it is, is and I explain it to my patients that way is that it's not you know it's not just your your primary care saying oh, it's it you have seasonal affective disorder take this pill it's no let's look at really what's going on and what's going on for you in your life that it's bringing so much meaning for you to have this regression into self of, I don't feel good. I, it just doesn't feel right. It's not just the light. The light contributes to the trigger in your brain that something isn't right, Mm -hmm. but it's, it is the leaves turning color and them falling off. And you all of a sudden say you're a late sleeper. I have lots of clients who are late sleepers. They get up at nine or 10 in the morning and then it's dark at four. So they have very limited amount of light time to be out doing things. And then they feel sad because now they've got from four to 10 or 11 o'clock at night, seven or eight hours of total darkness where it feels like now it's eight or nine o'clock at night. And I can't, I mean, I don't have seasonal affective disorder, but certainly when I'm sitting in my office, I sit right next to my window at 420, 430, when it starts to get really dark and I still have four more hours to go, which happens for me. I definitely have a change in my brain. I can feel it going, oh, whereas mm-hmm. in the summer and spring, it's I am much more energetic because I know that at seven o'clock when I get out or eight o'clock, it's still light yep. and I haven't missed anything. Well, I have, but you yeah. know, yeah. so, so I think it's about really adjusting and managing in your head um, how to do some behavioral activities, make behavioral changes and activate towards them and lean in towards them so that you don't feel that way. So activities making sure you stay, um, if you're leaving work at five, if you're actually in work, if you're leaving work at five and you're coming home, you know, maybe stop off and and do like a quick park walk mm-hmm. or so that you're getting some of that, even if it's dusk. Um, c- certainly go to the gym. I go, I go right from work to the gym every, no matter what. So in the past week when I've gone to the gym, it's dark. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and it's crazy. Yeah. So I have, it's funny. I have a, I have a loaner car right now because my car's in the shop. It was supposed to be done in 24 hours. And if you can see my face, you know, right. (laughs) So I have a loaner car. So I've, I've actively been walking around parking lots the past couple nights looking for the car that I have because it's really old and it's kind of a beater car and it doesn't have a, a, you know, Um, beep, beep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Mm-hmm. That's always fun in the dark. Um, as well, get aside, your mind working. It's solving a puzzle. I'm, yeah, that's right. I'm solving a puzzle. Yeah. As long as I don't, I have been known on occasion, even with my own car, to accidentally walk into someone else's car because it looks just like mine. <laughs> so I've been known to do that. <laughs> that's another story. But um, so, so it's instead of it looking at it like, oh, it's awful, it's terrible, even though you love fall let's see what we can do to manage like around it behaviorally. So, okay. So activities on weekends, certainly I know lots of people who are exercisers. So 5k races, 10, you know, you know, 10 K races. This is a high time of year for those kinds of things. Half marathons. Um, If you're not any of those things, nice bike rides, nice hikes, or just picnics in your little local farm area where you have little mazes. Um, but also, you know, doing outside gardening, getting out there, doing some like cleanup around the yard, getting your kids involved with it, um, taking a trip. You know, if you live near the shoreline, fall in the shore is very pretty. Obviously, you're not going to go and hang out and lay out on the beach because it's a little colder. But walking along the shoreline, bringing a picnic lunch, um, things like that. So it so that you're still maximizing time so that you're not sitting home sedentary and starting to lock down. What happens is people start locking down into their homes, turning on the heat. It's only September 21st. It's not necessary unless you're already dropping to 20 degrees in some of the areas of the country, which I think up north beyond us has dropped down a couple of times. You know, turning on the heat, you know, try to resist that because it's all mental triggers that, that, you know, it's that heavy dysthymia. So dysthymia and melancholy are the lower level edges of like depression. And those are like the bluesy day-to-day kind of blahs that you get. And people go through those. That can lead to seasonal affective disorder where someone gets so much into their head thought process that it's just so depressing and so sad. Now I've talked about this in years gone by, but there's a great company I get no kickbacks from, but if you have a doctor in your life like me that can write a prescription, you get a discount on it. But Northern Lights um, Lightbox Company, which I stand by their Lightbox light products, um, they actually do a beautiful job of helping people maintain some of their um, emotional stability. Because what does light do? These particular lights are made very specifically. It's not just like the lighting here in the studio. They're made very specifically to match the kind of light that you would have outside without giving you cancer mm-hmm. to, to <laughs> keep your brain and the, here comes the big word, ready? I love this word. The suprachiasmatic nucleus. Ooh. I know, right? Big words. Yeah. Um, but I have talked about that before. It keeps the suprachiasmatic nucleus and the circadian rhythm in sync because what happens to your brain is we we are hardwired to go on when it gets dark, when it gets light, we're, we're sleeping or we're not, we're up and motivated or we're not. So if you can put in a light box in your room or in several of your rooms, it creates the environment that your brain, you may not realize it physically, but your brain knows that, oh, I still have light. So it keeps that that right. regulated. And instead of down-regulating it, which happens in people with SAD, um, seasonal affective, um, it what happens to those people is it gives a little bit of extra serotonin, dopamine, GABA regulation, norepinephrine, all the chemicals, the neurotransmitters in the brain that keep you like happy and keep you motivated and and less blah. Um, it's not perfect, 
but it certainly is a more natural remedy than than taking you know a pill to go to sleep because now your circadian rhythm is off melatonin up the wazoo because you can't yeah. get it regulated you know you want to go to bed at eight when you usually go to bed at 11 because it's dark and your body's the reason why your body gets tired is one because it's doing that little response right and also because this is one of the reasons why people start to feel tired is because they start to eat differently and eat more of the foods that make them feel soothed because it's dark and mm. it's feeling like they need to eat that. Um, so the body goes into inflammation. The body is more likely to crave those donuts, those apple cream pies, the apple cakes, the pumpkin, pumpkin stuff. Spice. Like, yeah. It's all this yeah. stuff that comes out that just feeds the season. So as you know, in my shows gone by, I've talked about like the holidays starting in right after October 31st, we go to Halloween and we start, but this year I was like, we've really got to start talking to people about now because it is fall is the trigger for people. So take an inventory of, you know, who have you lost in your life that you're going to be mourning, mm -hmm. right? Are you going to, what are you going to do with that information? Um, where are you at your life in your age and are you ruminating or are you being productive about it? And are you feeling like you have a legacy? Or are you feeling like you haven't been productive this year? Are you feeling like you're missing out? All those things, keep them in mind because they're contributing to your blah. Yeah. And then they'll contribute further down the line into, you know, you're going to go into the winter blues. So then you're going to go into seasonal effective into winter blues. <coughs> and that's going to have to carry you through spring. That's why many people move to Florida and Arizona and, and all the warmer spots because they light last longer. So, you know, I go down to Tampa all the time. And when I'm, you know, a week ago in Tampa, I had more light for longer. Right. And I come up here and <laughs> I'm like, ah, because I am so, so sensitive to that. And so I was just talking to my friend last night going, because I'm supposed to go down there again very quickly, shortly. And I'm, and the first thing in my head, and I didn't say it to her, and if she's listening, she'll probably laugh. I'm like, oh, I get light longer. <laughs> I get a little extra pool time. She well, people pool. don't think of it because it's East Coast, but it's more than an hour in Tampa. It's an hour in Miami, so it's going to be another 20 minutes to, mm -hmm. to Tampa, right? Um, It's four hours to Miami. No, I mean the extra light you get from up oh, there yes, in New England. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Like an right. hour and 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was yeah. like, four hours to drive to Miami. What are you talking about? Which road are you taking? I know. Because like, um, I'd be going there more. Um, but so so it's such an important thing to not bypass in your head mental health wise because seasonal affective disorder has been on the rise. And of course, because of that, Big Pharma has made medication yeah. to regulate that. Um, and you know that my first line of defense is never medication. It's what behavioral changes can you make to fit that need? Now, other things that people have been asking me is, okay, what foods should I stay away from? What foods should I go towards? And how do I not gain 10 pounds over <laughs> the next year? Then I'm scrambling in April to lose it for summer. So, so a couple things are, are super important for people in general. Vitamin B12. Vitamin B12 or the B complex. So if it has a B12, B6, B4, B1, right? The folic acids and all those things. But B12 for sure, as long as it has B12. We know that across the board, whether you have ADD, depression, anxiety, addiction, trauma, B12 is a neuroprotector. 
So it's constantly keeping the brain healthy and it's keeping it, for lack of a better term, it's keeping it lubricated so that it's moving in the right direction. It's keeping it neurogenerative. So you're, if you're losing kind of any kind of brain cells, <laughs> you're losing your brain cells, yeah. it's going to keep it going. So when, you, when people are depressed and when people are feeling blah or their anxiety comes up in this time of year, the B12 helps keep you regulated in that way. It mm -hmm. will keep your mood elevated. It will help that. Now it's not going to be perfect, but it's definitely something that's worthwhile way more than taking, you know, an antidepressant for many people because an antidepressant is, is fine for many people. However, remember that it's, it chemically is changing your brain. Whereas a natural product like B12 is yeah. not doing it in the same way. Um, vitamin C, vitamin C is really good. Now, Offside story that I will not tell on air, but vitamin C can be very. You're just about to tell it on the air, huh? You're just about to tell it on. No, air. I'm not. Okay. I'm not going to tell the all story right. on the yeah. air because all I say is it's going to be in the book when the people die. <laughs> there we go. How's that for? Yeah. Okay, so vitamin. That's going to be the name is... of the book, by the way. What? What is it? They finally died. They. <laughs> <laughs> They finally now died. I can, now I can write the book. Now I can. The book that you've all been waiting for. Yeah. We all have <laughs> that book. I had two people this week say something about me writing the book. Yeah. So um, people, you know, people want me to write a book. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> so, um, so in not writing the book with disclosing the information, but what I can say is, so vitamin C can get people in trouble. And really? for a variety of reasons. Well, because vitamin C tastes good. I mean. I'm not a, I'm not a swallower of the pill of vitamin C. I'd rather chew it. Yep. I think it's, I think it's just better. Um, however, there's, it comes in international units. You know how, so vitamin D and vitamin C are international use, units. It's not in milligrams or, or grams or whatever. That's how they sell it. Mm -hmm. But it's water, it's water soluble. So you basically, at some point it taps you out and you pee it out. Right. Like, so you, so it can, you know. Not, it's not going to do anything more for you at a certain level. So yeah. 2,000 IUs is pretty much your max out. If you start going beyond that, plus you're taking other stuff, you're having contraindications. You're also making your liver and, and metabolism in general work harder in different ways. So it has, a, it has some downsides and it can become... I mean, we're talking in much more higher doses, but it can become toxic and it's not good for you to just pump it into kids, which... <laughs> part of the book. Yeah. It's not healthy for that to happen, but vitamin C is really good for this time of year. Vitamin D. People always say, I take vitamin D and I don't feel anything. You're not going to feel anything. Vitamin D, you're not going to feel like this aha moment. Mm -hmm. You will feel a, a difference with vitamin B12 versus those. So it, it mental, mental health wise, you, yep. you definitely can feel the difference. Um, but so vitamin B12, vitamin C, no more than 2000 IUs, vitamin D. Now, vitamin D, you have to take a high level dose. I mean, you know, people always come in with me with their blood work and say, look, it's so low. I know you live in New England. Of course it's low because <laughs> of the sun. So vitamin D is dependent on how much exposure you have outside, right? So, so that's what I'm saying. Get out in the sun more, get a light box, get it producing more and more and more in your body so that your brain does it. So you don't have to take quite as much, but you know, you do have to take higher doses of vitamin D. So check with your doctor or check with, you know, your recommended naturopath in, in your local area to find out how much would be right for you, given your blood work or given how you feel. Um, 
Now, in rare cases, in the past few weeks, I've had this. In rare cases, people tend to have some iron deficiency, some um, uh, anemia kind of thing going on, some sugar differences and all that. That's something for sure. Obviously, go to your, your primary care or your or your specialist on that. I, I'm, I'm big on going to your specialist because iron... You have to really know what your blood work is for your iron levels because iron can constipate you and create a whole different problem. Mm -hmm. um, and and then also, you know, and then people then also add in on their own potassium, you know, and there's a, you can overdose on potassium. So if you eat too many bananas and you start bruising, you might want to not eat as many bananas. I mean, there's really specific mm -hmm. things about that. So, but eat naturally. So as much as I said, B12, right, because it's easier to take that than, you know, eating a spinach and broccoli and kale right. and you know certainly still do that but when it comes to like potassium and those things um or iron try to get that from foods yeah. because it's a better it, it's a better metabolizer so anything that would have potassium in it you know and not overdo it because potassium can be overdone that's also considered vitamin k for people that don't know hmm. <laughs> here comes my cough um so and and then natural herbs because of this, the way I do this, your body goes into inflammation mode in the fall. Hmm. And people don't realize that because no. your foods change. You go to the apple pies and the breads and the pumpkin pies and the zucchini and the blah, 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 all the things that come out of the garden that you're, you know, throwing together. And so, so turmeric, which is curcumin, I love that word. Yeah. Curcumin. Curcumin is, you know, it's just like cumin, right? So you find it in Indian foods, you find it in Asian foods, you find it in Thai foods, you find Asian foods, right? So, and you find it in just your regular stuff. Yep. You can use turmeric how because it, it has curcumin in it. And we know the Frontiers in Psychology edition that's recent, there's tons of good research on this, but in case someone wants to look up the actual um, research that's recent that I know of, it's the Frontiers in Psychology Journal has a really great study that was published on the inflammation reducing nature of turmeric and the curcumin in it and what, and what it does. And what we see, and this is not new, what we see is it helps people with inf inflammation in the body, which we know, and it also helps people with alleviating mild to moderate symptoms of depression and anxiety because it takes the inflammation down, which makes sense Sure. chemically and kinetically or kinesiologically, right? Mm -hmm. So the body responds to it. The one caveat I can say about that is you don't just go to the spice rack and buy turmeric. You got to go to a natural food place or even Whole Foods, or if you have Aldi or whatever that sells it, it needs to have um, black pepper. It needs to have a adjunctive push to it. It needs to have something else mm -hmm. to help make the activation of the anti-inflammatory work. So people often will say, I got turmeric. And I say, did you get it with X, Y, and Z in it? And I'm like, no, I bought it at the grocery store. So yeah. adding just turmeric into your food, fine. But if you want it to really have the fullest effect, that's where you go with that. That helps the brain. It's it's a It just takes down the inflammation around all the foods you're eating. Now, of course, I'm also going to say moderate your foods because your foods are going to be also mood regulators. So if you've not been eating all summer, other than salads from your garden and lobster and shrimp and chicken on the grill and, you know, you know, fun stuff like that, that's healthy. And then all of a sudden on a dime, you go to stews and 
potatoes yeah. and carrots and and you know shepherd's pie and all the yummy comfort foods of the fall your brain goes into oh no mode <laughs> oh no yeah. right and then you feel down and then as soon as people come in within a week or two and this is what's going to be happening people are going to come in and say i just don't feel good I'm gonna, my first question is what are you eating different yeah and we start there and I'm like, you have to go back to eating what you were eating and only have those things really sparingly, even though you love them. So, but people go hog wild over it because it's like, oh, it's fall. It's yummy. Yep. But then they don't feel good because it drags them. This is, you know, it's chili, spaghetti sauce. It's all the things that have come off the garden. And if people, oh, did you hear people screaming next door? That's yeah. awesome. I have screaming next door. <laughs> I don't know what to do. It's so distracting. There. I have these people next door in the studio. Oh my God, do you hear that? Yeah, I do. They're not even on the air. That's not on the air. No, they get off at 10. <laughs> somebody needs to somebody needs to talk to them. Yes. It's killing my show. <laughs> I'll talk to them. Okay. Anyway, so the stews and the sauces. Now, if you're making them homemade at home, be mindful of adding additional salt. Because that's going to also yeah. push your your brain chemistry around mental health and sugar. Now, people put sugar products in their foods and don't, you know, Asian food has sugar dropped into it to make it, you know, the sauces change. People often put sugar products in their spaghetti sauce. I use a teeny little bit of sugar, which now I use Truvia, which no one knew. But I use Truvia to cut the acid in the tomatoes, right? Because, right. but... If you buy a jar of spaghetti sauce, be mindful by reading the label. Oh, yeah. You're going to use a jarred spaghetti sauce because it's loaded with sugar, like huge amounts of sugar. Salt and sugar. Huh? Salt and sugar. Salt and sugar. Yeah. Um, tends to be, if you look at the label, like I'm going to rat out a couple of them, like ragu and prego. Yeah. They are, they're the go-to standard for people like, oh, it's rego and prego. It's been there forever. They're just the go-to standard of like sugar and, and salt. Yeah. The more common they are, right. the more sugar there is in it. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, they go to, you know, that kind of stuff. They won't, or they go to, you know, Cane's, Cane's mayonnaise. Cane's mayonnaise is salad dressing and it's loaded with sugar. And that's why it's creamy in the way that it is versus like Hellman's mayonnaise. Hellman's mayonnaise is full fat and it has sugar and it has a little bit of um, salt. It has salt in it. But it's the natural version. It doesn't have the creamy dressing with the actual like loads of sugar. So people say that's mayonnaise. It's actually not mayonnaise. Mm -hmm. It's salad dressing. So you're just eating something that says it's mayonnaise. That it, it, So it's not really what it is. And people love it. Why? Because it's loaded with sugar. People yeah. would rather have that because it tastes like, you know, they add like a pickle relish in it, which gives it that extra weird flavor to it that people love. And you put it on a sandwich. It's like having pickles and relish on your sandwich and people don't realize that and they like it better. Why? It has sugar. Yep. Right. So, and those are types of things that get added in to the food products that make your brain in the fall. Like I'm going to have a turkey sandwich. I'm going to have a, a, a Thanksgiving's coming. I'm going to make the turkey yep. sandwich with the stuffing and the mayonnaise and the, so it's, you have to be mindful of all those products are going to make your brain in the fall go towards the blah feeling that is already starting now and you don't even realize it. So when people say I have sad, yeah, it's light based, it's sleep based and it's eating based and exercise based. Yeah. And so it's Everything not we just a we mental health issue that yeah. has a medication base that needs to fix it. It's yeah. 
all these other things before you even touch a medication that could help you if you're mindful and want to do the work. The medication only masks it and you're still having the same. You're still going to gain weight if you do that, especially on those medications. You're still going to have the issues. You're still going to have to take like a melatonin or some kind of sleep aid. You're still going to have to exercise, but a lot of people don't like it because it gets dark. They don't want to go out. They don't want to go to the gym, all those things. So it's really taking an inventory of yourself to go, wait, what am I doing here to make this feel healthier or better? Um, Instead of just sort of succumbing to that. Oh, then add in grieving the loss of people moving away, loss of friends or, or someone passing away in the past year or two or 15 or 20. And here's their anniversaries coming up, or it's the first year that you're not having someone there for these things or the reminiscence of it. All those things contribute, but people don't think about them. But you've had this thought recently. I guarantee everyone's had this thought recently. Gee, it's only eight o'clock. Right. Because it's been dark. And, right. you know, you, you just used to you shut down already. And right. You have to sit through three more hours or four more hours of, you know, being shut down. And and the brain. Sh- so when the brain starts to shut down because it knows from the super chiasmatic nucleus mm-hmm. and the circadian rhythm shutting down and turning. If if you're used to being up till 11 o'clock at night and you don't typically eat till 738 o'clock. Now the brain thinks it's time to go to bed, but instead, you know, that the time on the wall says eight, seven thirty, eight o'clock. So what do you do? You eat. Yep. It's like, I'm going to pass my time instead of sitting out on the porch or going for that walk that I normally do till eight 30 or nine o'clock right. or doing something else active around the actual yard or house. Now I'm sitting watching TV and I'm eating popcorn, butter, toast, English muffins, peanut butter, um, a banana, uh, crackers and cheese. And what happens is people go into that mentality of it's just a snack. It doesn't count. Yeah. All calories count. Yeah. And if you're eating at five or six at night and you stay up till 11, you've got to eat again. That's mm-hmm. it's smoke managing your body. Because, right. You know, you can't eat at five and expect not to eat again before you go to bed. And usually you're going around 10 o'clock, which is right. you know, not ideal. Right. And so if you're and and so I I just had in the past week and yesterday at work, people saying to me, "Uh oh, what do I eat at night now? Because I've eaten dinner by six or seven and I'm still hungry. And then at nine, I'm hungry, you know, and I'm never normally hungry. Like you got to find activities to do other than go to the refrigerator. It's the open the refrigerator. You're bored. Yeah. You know, it's the hungry, angry, lonely, tired halt. Are you really hungry? Probably not. You're you're tired and bored and lonely and whatever it is and you're not activating in your social sphere call somebody get on the internet and you know look up a song or do something that's going to you know don't go down the tiktok hole because many people (laughs) unfortunately many people have um such a time suck tiktok god love tiktok because i have some great videos on there that i love but tiktok and instagram have you know for people their recipe bins. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And so, I mean, I get people send me recipes off of them all the time. Like I have any time to cook. Never. So, but <laughs> they'll send me these things like, look at this. Cause they want me to see if it's healthy. And so I'll, you know, but this is what they're spending time doing. So they're sitting at night scrolling through, looking at these recipes. What is that doing to the brain? It's triggering the brain to be hungry. 
So they're not going to get up and make that really healthy dish in that moment, but they're sure going to go get those Tostitos and they're going to eat the dip while they're watching the awesome healthy meal that they're going to make in the next couple of days. But they just had, you know, 500 calories of Tostitos and queso dip. Reminds me of the uh, podcast I did with the psychiatrist about the Gita and we went to the marshmallow experiment. Yep. Which is basically just to summarize for people, they offered kids more marshmallows if they could not eat. Uh, a guy put a marshmallow in front of a kid, said, I'm going to leave the room. If you don't eat it, when I come back, you'll get another one. And that temptation, the kids who were successful at it didn't look at the marshmallow. Right. They basically turned their attention elsewhere. They, control, right. they uh, controlled their attention on the matter. And that's what you have to learn to do, control your attention. Well, yeah. And, well, in developmentally, so that was a developmental experiment yeah. too. If, have you ever seen it? Seen it? No. Okay. So it's super cute because what it is is it's developmental. You you take kids at different ages, like one and a half year olds, two and a half, three. You can see the difference of the ability, the mental acuity that someone yeah. has as they develop, of the ability to sustain and maintain abstinence from touching it. Mm -hmm. You get... And if you put like an older kid with their younger sibling together, the corruption, <laughs> the corruption, the marshmallow corruption of the younger child. There's one there's one scene in the experiment where the, the older child is like telling his younger. I think it's a little boy, a little girl yeah. telling his younger sibling like, no, no, because what, you know. Yeah. And and she's like, OK. And she picks up the marshmallow and she licks it and she puts it down. He's And then he goes over the door and looks to see if anyone's coming, comes back and licks it again, then takes a little nibble off of it. And the, and the older person is sitting there like, uh-uh. Yeah. But the younger kids, you see in the younger kids, it's very hard for them to yeah. hold with the impulsivity. But then as you get older, it the thing that happens is the distractibility. They're able yeah. to, you know, like look around and they start singing a song and passing time so that when the person comes back and says it now, there are some older kids that do pick it up and they look at it, they smell it, but they never actually eat yeah. it. They're, they're holding now. It's such an interesting experiment because it has so many interesting um, ramifications for understanding development, mm -hmm. but also for understanding, um, instant gratification yep. and, 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 um, social influence, mm -hmm. social norming. Yep. And then also, of course, just being able to maintain one's own emotional regulation within a the situation. Princi the principle, of of, the principle of the Gita is that desires are set in senses. <clears throat> First you sense it. Yep. Then you think about it. The thought becomes a desire and a desire becomes action. Right. So it's about controlling your sensory organs, what you're taking in, attenuating your focus. Right. Because we're sensory beasts. You know, right. we, we work on our five senses. Well, and, and that's part of the, you know, that's part of the seasonal affective issue yeah. is that you get into your sense, your senses, your eyes mm -hmm. are missing out on the light and your, your ears are missing out on a lot of sounds that you would normally hear, but your nose, your olfactory senses come up. Why? Because of food products. Yep. Because go in the grocery store in the fall go into little markets in the fall, go into homes in the fall that are fall based. They're baking They're Who's baking cookies in the summer? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know a lot of people or who's baking pumpkin bread or who's, but you don't go into homes and smell all those smells that you smell in the fall, which, what does that do? It opens up the hypothalamus and it says, Ooh, I'm hungry. And that's your, that's your hungry spot. And it says, 
even though your body says nothing five seconds before that, all of a sudden you get yep. the smell of an apple pie or the smell of, you know, a, a huge roast or pot roast or something cooking and your brain goes into, oh, I really want that. Whereas you don't have that same exact thing at any other time yeah. of the year. So you're more drawn to that because the the level of ability to maintain temptation control goes out the window. And I've been thinking about this recently because of two major ad campaigns, Dunkin' Donuts, Fall Hard is their ad campaign yep. about putting the pumpkin spice and everything and all the fall temptations that come along. And it's literally fall hard. Just yeah. go for it. Right. Yes. The, the hitting on that certain thing. And I don't know if you've heard the new Reese's radio ad. What one? The Reese's Reese's -uh. radio ad where they just say Reese's repeatedly. And it's oh, just active, no. just <laughs> activating your hearing sense. And, you know, the premise is we got to find a way to say Reese's that'll make you want to buy one. So just keep repeating it. That's and it's funny. Like, it's totally effective. Of course it yeah. is. Because it's it activating makes, it your triggers senses. an image yeah. in your head. Yep. And it triggers a happy memory for most people. And, and to go and do that. Yep. Oh, I have not heard that one. Yep. So yeah, well, it's very clever marketing that goes towards this. And in again, contributing to seasonal affective disorder in people as you're going into a grocery store. It's very, very effective in the fact that you've got all this stuff. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to go for pumpkin things once in a while. I used to yep. love that, but now I'm like, whatever, I'm over it. Well, it's like you do I don't, it, like you I do it once coffee. a year. It's not pumpkin, yeah. it's still coconut. No, you go at some point where you get tempted and you go, I'm going to go have a, a pumpkin, whatever. Right. And then you're done. Right. Right. For exactly. me anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll have like my one pumpkin muffin or I'll have my one little cider donut yeah. or whatever. But it's such, it's been such a marketed, psychological marketed towards every, I walked down the aisle of the grocery store last night and I think every coffee company has now a pumpkin something. Yep in the coffee oh, aisle. It's, yeah, it's pumpkin nuts, right? And there's now. pumpkin bread, like there's pumpkin bread, pumpkin raisin bread. <laughs> I saw a meme pumpkin, the other day. Pumpkin bread, what? An, I saw a meme the other day with an ad for pumpkin spiced motor oil. And was, oh, that's <laughs> just funny. laughing. That's, People would buy it too. Right, exactly, right? <laughs> but, so um, I think the uh, maintaining your senses, controlling your senses, bridling your senses is right. important, but it comes down to the basics we talk about all the time. Sleep, exercise, diet. And it's always come back all, to that. We don't pay much attention to it, but it's the it's the basis for everything. Right. Yeah. Well, it, and it's the basis. It's the basis for everything to be healthy, for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's then and then it's the I'm going to add in. It's the mindfulness yeah. of of nothing has changed, although your light has changed, the time has changed. That's that's. It's consequential, but technically it's inconsequential to what you still keep continuing doing. You have to adjust around that. It's it's the not getting pulled into the trigger of, well, you know, it's that, well, you know, it's fall. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's that time of year. And that's just like the people get caught up in, I'll do it tomorrow. Someday is never yeah. going to happen. Cause it doesn't happen. It's, 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 it's the choice you make today and that impacts your mental health. If mm -hmm. you, if you, well, speaking of marketing, right? So several of the little local restaurants that we frequent, I have never seen them do this before. And they're posting it on their social media. They have like, you know, the whiteboards or the, or the little blackboards all pretty decorated with yep. like the fall stuff. And now we've got pumpkin something sangria, sugar pumpkin, sugar cookie, yep. uh, 
something, vodka, blah, blah, blah. It, it, you know, it's all these, you know, drinks that it, it has pumpkin or it has cinnamon and nutmeg and yeah. holiday cheer. And it just pulls people in because it makes this, the signage makes it pretty. The, the out, whether it tastes good or not, it's going to be all sugar yep. and it pulls people in. And then had this conversation last night with a client, the, um, after the fact of having a couple of those beverages or having a couple of those pieces of food, what happens is the next day you're dragging. Hmm. Even if you weren't drunk, you're not hungover. It's your body is responding to, oh my God, the sugar. Yep. And how sugar is inflammatory and sugar just goes right to making you feel down. And people don't equate that sugar highs and sugar lows change your mood. And, and if you are out of ketosis, which is your sugar levels, right? And, and which makes you crave more um, of the carbs and the sugared and the, and the higher end salty carby things, uh, sugary things, then you're more likely to fall prey to the sad piece of the fall, the seasonal affective disorder. So if you don't have the exercise and you've stopped going outside and you're susceptible to the light and your, your eating schedule now is off and your sleep schedule is off, yep. you are setting yourself up for the next few months yep. of hard, hard, hard things. And people say it's so hard though, to, to pass up those things. You don't have to pass them up. You have to be mindful. Right. It's just like in summer, you know, don't go wild over, you know, sitting down on a beach all day. You got to get up and walk the beach. And then, you know, you know, I see people at the beach all the time in summer, but they don't have the same kind of mental health issues, but they feel terrible. I watch people all the time and you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You go up, they go and get a piece, they go and get a whole pizza. Beach pizza. 20 beach pizza. Super 20 sugar. minutes later, yeah. you see them coming back with fried dough. Yeah. Then 20 minutes later, it's ice cream. Yeah. You know, I'm being exaggerating on the timing, but it's it's all day long with the same people over and over again. You're like, and I'm looking at it going, I'm gonna throw up. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're on the beach, they're not stimulating. Meanwhile, I bring Caesar salad with no dressing <laughs> and no croutons oh. with chicken. That the seagulls and that, and that makes me happy. That the seagulls love you. And they do. Well, they love everybody else with the bread products yeah. too, but they do love me. And I have to say that I do share with the seagulls. <laughs> I, I share chicken with the seagulls. But you've got on the beach, you're sitting on the beach, you've got nothing to do except go get something to eat. You, right. You just have no stimulus. And then of course, if you've got kids around, they're wanting to run every 10 minutes to get something to eat because they, they need more stimulation. Well, and it's the thing is like, you know, well, you know, so my husband is very big on Frisbee. I <laughs> I'm terrible at it, so that's why I hate yeah. it. But I do, I'll play once in a while. But he's always like, want to play frisbee? And I give him that side eye, like, yep. really? So I'll walk for hours on a beach, but frisbee? Uh. <laughs> but the beach is for activity. The beach, and, and, and for sitting, and I'm notorious for sitting at the beach because it's my downtime. So I'll sit, but I don't eat. Yeah. Like there's, there's no bags of chips. <laughs> it's the chip thing. It's, it makes you feel terrible. So, and this happens in the fall too. You sit around, you watch people. I'm, I'm people watch it. Everyone at the beach has, you know, the Frito Lays, yeah. the Tostitos, the Doritos. The dip is out, and then they walk down to the water. And what happens? Here come the birds. Yep. You know, you could you <laughs> yep. could cover that with a blanket all day long. What happens? Oh. 
birds are going to get it. And I kind of giggled to myself. I'm like, well, at least the birds are going to be happy. We're in this situation, not beach, but we're in the situation of being at night and not in bed yet for two or three hours in the, in the summer. We've got five or six hours to cover right in in the fall and certainly in the winter and that gets challenging because it's, it is it's tough to stimulate yourself at night and like it's going to get more and more so you're going to be pretty soon you're going to be looking at it's only seven o'clock it feels like it's 10. right yeah because it's well, been dark for two hours well and so so it, now certainly this is just personal anecdotal for myself i go to the gym at night when we start going into this mode because it keeps me from doing this yep. keeps me from the refrigerator. It keeps me from sitting idly wanting and thinking about it. <clears throat> so I'm a, I don't finish work till late, as you know, anyway, seven, eight, nine, depending on the night, sometimes later. So I'll go right from whatever I'm doing to the gym. And then I do eat after, but I've been actively trying because for years I used to not eat past seven, but because I work past seven, yeah. it's not working for me. So I, but I'll go to the gym first and at least get an hour to an hour and a half in puts me sometimes at nine, nine 30, but I'll eat, but I won't eat heavy. And then I'll be up for another couple hours. You don't eat what, after seven. What's your normal bedtime? You what? What's your normal bedtime? If I, if I like in general, yeah. Um, hmm, I'm 12. Really? Uh-huh. And you don't eat. So you go five hours without eating before sleep. Well, no, because no, I don't eat at seven. Yeah. I used to. So I used to eat at seven for religiously for years. Mm -hmm. And then I would, and I was, I would not eat after that. I I would drink water and it was a big diet. I would, and, and this was back in the day when I wouldn't have any alcoholic beverages either. Yeah. So those are. Those are naughty, naughty little things, yeah. but I would just drink water or I was notorious for, I was a diet coker. Yeah. This is way many years ago, but, um, it worked for me. It's not a healthy way to work, but as you know, we've yeah. identified that sometimes relationships with food are not best when you're a gymnast. So, yeah. you know, I'm a product of it's a, a long time. For five hours is a long time for people. Well, you're going, so, but you're going to bed. So I, my, my whole thought is that if you can make it eight to 10 hours of sleeping at night, which many people do, you're not, it's just, you know, so, and I'm very good at that because I was trained. Yeah. And as Michelle and I talked about, we were trained not to, there was no eating. You don't eat. Eating is out of so unhealthy. It, eating was just a, yeah. I don't know. Well, you're sleeping a, eight to 10 a, hours. A bypassed solution to an, a you're, temporary problem of needing to do it. You're sleeping six to 10 hours at night, but you don't have the challenge of, of attenuating your attention you don't right you know you're not you're not bored you're not looking for things to do you're sleeping five hours up with nothing but seinfeld episodes well but i don't do that see yeah. i see when i'm up i'm doing yeah i'm doing things so that's why now i work out because i'm not seven o'clock right so now i'm up i work out i keep moving I come home, I do something at the house, like, I, you know, and then I sit down and I'll watch like a show, but there's no eating. Yeah. There's no eating. I, and I have a very bad temptation in the house that continually will go to the kitchen and John? eat something. Yes. That, that's who I'm speaking of. <laughs> yeah. Who will eat something and then bring it to me and, you know, do you want some? No. Oh yeah. You know, or I'm laying in bed and it's 1230 and, I get, do you want, 
do you want tuna fish? Uh, don't bring that tuna fish in my room. That's you know? tough. I'm having the same problems in the house. It's like, what are you people eating? Do not. It's like, don't, don't keep that in the house. Don't. I mean, they can eat See, what I have a want, husband but, that cooks yeah. a full steak and a potato at two o'clock in the morning and then will wow. come into the bedroom and say, wake me up to ask me if I want some. <laughs> While he's being kind. And you would think after all these years of being together, he would know the answer, but he continues to do it because he's looking for me to approve the fact that. He's oh, I see. That's what's happening. Yeah. yeah. So yes, and chips, salsa, tuna. He's not allowed to come with clam chowder and tuna fish because he. I'm outing him. He'll put clam chowder in a bowl, put tuna fish, and add corn and put it in the microwave, and then the entire house smells, and I want to die. Clam and he'll chowder. do that at two o'clock in the morning, and then I'll yell, "Stop! Don't bring it upstairs." So clam I wake chowder up with because tuna? he's wait, doing wait. that. Clam chowder with tuna? Mm. Okay. Don't encourage this. Yeah. Blech. He puts tuna. Okay. Just as an aside, he also puts tuna fish salad that he makes with curry, which is fine. I just don't eat tuna fish. I eat tuna fish raw, and I eat sushi tuna fish, but I don't eat it out of a can because in college I got food poisoning just out of oh, the tuna fish out of the can, not mayonnaise. It was the tuna fish, so I haven't had that since. Yep. Nineteen ninety-two. Um, but he'll put it on top of um, a marmalade-covered cinnamon raisin English muffin, which just <laughs> makes me <laughs> marmalade. Wow. See, I get I get the popcorn. And and... I, I just can't. So he's not allowed to be near me, especially in the middle of the night when he does that. And that's when he does it. So I have my own I have my own bridges to cross. <laughs> I get the I get the late night big bucket bucket of popcorn. And maybe some ice cream. And it's like, it's, it's not so bad. Eat what you want, right? And then I'll get asked and go, no. But then you get asked like four times Yeah. during the course of it. It's like, no. I'm not yeah, we, I see. I don't get, I just get it at the random times when it's really late. And it's like, I'm asking, I'm asking for permission because I've already done it. So it's, yeah. you know, it's the forgiveness permission little spot. And it's like, yeah. it's two o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I have to get up in three hours. So no. And you're waking me up. <laughs> Which might contribute, if I had seasonal affective disorder, it might would contribute to that. But I That's self-guilt, though. You're not giving him a hard time about what he makes and what he eats, dude. I don't care. I don't yeah. care what he eats right. as long as you don't bring that smelly, gross crap around me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know him. He has a metabolism of, like, yep. insanity. So he could eat. He eats all day. He finishes dinner, and he starts another dinner. And I look at food, and I'm like, oh, there's a 10-pound Yeah ass cheek that's the other thing though if you go um you go work out you're not eating past seven i mean when i work out it's like i get hungry oh yeah no, no? see that's like everyone after a marathon i after my marathon people we always go out for dinner yeah i'm the cheapest date i'll or <laughs> i'll order yeah but i'm like uh i just mm. and those times when i've stepped <sighs> up when i step up the workout at those little plateau levels, when I get a little hotter in the workout, yep, I'm just I need food all the time. It's like I just get hungry. You know, I can I can tell the difference right away. I'm not I'm a person that can't eat before I go work out, and I can't eat mm. directly after. And if I do, it's much less. So it's actually a benefit. I will yeah. eat much less after workout, even, and it's probably my training in gymnastics, just because I was in a concentration camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Michelle, if you're listening, you know I'm true. Yeah. Truth on that one, right? Yep. And so, and so, and true to that. So many people have interesting patterns, but like in, as a gymnast, we were in the gym from 
2 33 o'clock in the afternoon for our second workout and we went till eight o'clock 8 30 at night yeah. and sometimes as you know if we weren't willing to do certain skills and we had parents who were our coaches we were forced to stay in the gym until we did them and that could end up on my scale until 9 30 10 o'clock at night so i wouldn't eat because are you saying it was, you were stubborn it was, <laughs> what are you saying you were stubborn no, I was no, I saying that I was scared to do the skill and it was yeah. a forced issue oh, on occasion. So yeah. my eating time would come at whatever time I decided that I would or they would give up and let me off the balance beam or let me off the skill. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't have I my parents were my coaches, so I didn't get to get a parent to come pick me up and say yeah. we're done. It was so if I ate at eight when it was over, that was a good night. If I ate at 10. And I still had homework. That was a different night. My lifestyle and upbringing was very different. So I have a high tolerance and resilience for seasonal things like this because my brain, I've I've had to reactivate it into the normal spaces, which is what Michelle and I were talking about. We've had to create a better relationship with food because we were trained not to have a good relationship with food very, very early on. Um, and it was hard. I mean, it wasn't hard then because it's what we knew. Yeah. But as an adult, when you see what it does and how it changes your body and how you have to fight hard, it's like, oh. So you didn't get that separation between coach and parent. You didn't uh -uh. get that sanctuary. You didn't get that that support, that it balance. It was 24-7. Yeah, that's If it could have been 55-7, it was <laughs> 107. No, there was no separation at all. The only time I got separation is if I got to travel and was with other coaches or my, I call her my emotional yummy person, yeah. which everyone, everyone has, hopefully. Um, that's what gives you resilience. My emotional yummy person was my grandmother. Yep. Um, and she would often put down a boundary, which would cause problems within the issue because I didn't have that separation yeah. because it wasn't coaches and parents. It right. was the same one in the same. So parent, it was parent, hard. Yeah, the parents have to build that boundary. And, and My parents the, what? Par not your parents, but parents have to build that boundary in high athletic situations. Right, so. which is, and so one of yeah. the reasons why, I, what, not one of the reasons, one of the things I help parents that are parents who have athletes, we talk a lot about how to help the kids that they have in athleticism that are really, you know, even recreational all the way up through like high end. I have yep. some really high end athletes, as you know, right? Mm -hmm. I work with the parents on helping them maintain a boundary to help their kid maintain a boundary because um, coaches often wield a lot of power. Yep. Um, and you see this a lot of times when coaches are the parent and the soccer parent and the soccer coach or the T-ball parent and the T-ball yeah. coach yeah. or the, you know, and the pressure that comes from that. Um, I'm not a big fan of, you know, I think it's great when parents are helping out, but if they are not good at keeping their boundaries and they have higher expectation for their child and they give them a hard time because they are that, because, the, you know, obviously the psycho psychological dynamic is I don't want any other parent or any of the other kids to think I'm favoring my kids. So I'm going to give my kid a harder time. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure that happens there. Um, and, and I certainly can relate to that because growing up in my gym, it was, you know, the parents of the parents that would bring their kids into the gym were always like, well, your daughter's getting more attention than my daughter. Yeah. Well, you know, I've I seen live, I live there. I've seen parents pull that off, but I generally don't like it. I mean, you should your kid should go interact with another interact with another adult. Right. And meet those expectations and build that relationship right. with another adult. I, I think right. I, I like the separation. And like I said, I've seen I've seen women and guys pull it off. Yes. Don't get oh me wrong. God, it can be done. 
but generally speaking, it's I, it's an ex the, those are the exceptions to the rule. It's really hard. I mean, so in gymnastics, for instance, and and I would say I know people in high, you know, in Olympic level gymnastics. I know coaches that are really good at pulling it off, and I know them well and personally. Um, ice skating, I know, um, in swimming, um, the individual sports, yeah. which are very different because the group sports like football and you know. I mean, I can say that Bill Belichick does a really good job of, of maintaining a family, a healthy dynamic that non-dysfunctional as best as it can be family with a big family, you know, talk, you know, kind of spinning it back to HOA dysfunctional family versus, you know, do your job, Bill Belichick mentality yep. of like, we are a family. We do, there's no I in team. We are a team and blah, blah, blah. I mean, there is something to be said for, you know, everybody having their job, everyone knowing their role, everyone knowing where their boundary is and all those things. Well, that certainly helps. And just bring it back to kind of the seasonal effective topic that having that structure in your daily life in general, whether the season changes or not right. helps you yep. because then you don't lose track. It's not inconsistent. If you stay consistent and you have consistent people and consistent functionality and consistent things in general, you're not going to run into this problem as much. Um, so, so, so my, so my parting words for the week on seasonal affective disorder and um, taking good care of yourself as you come into this season, um, which we're, which is upon us with lots of things coming is good sleep, maintaining um, good exercise, getting as much light exposure as you can, um, eating healthy and clean, staying the course, being moderate on your favorite fun fall items, all those yummies, mm -hmm. and then turmeric with the black pepper and B12, B12 and yeah. C and D, being careful with the C because we don't want to go overboard on that because it's can be toxic. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and making sure you stay active. And if you're not an exerciser, that's okay. Go do something, make sure you're just having a sense of purpose so you're not being shut in and just sitting around watching, um, you know, binging and eating and sitting because it's cold out or because it might be a little rainy, which I am notorious. I don't do the rain. <laughs> um, but you know, just, Try to be mindful that nothing really needs to change. Oh, and, and if you want to inv invest in a couple of light boxes, you know, get your doctor to fill out the prescription off of the Northern Lights lights light box. It will sometimes your insurance will cover it, sometimes it will help you. But those are really important things, and and they will make a big difference. But keep your mindset the same way. Stop thinking that because it's fall, it's change, it's a big deal, it makes a difference. You won't put on those fifteen pounds. You won't be struggling next spring. Yeah, it's it's a big change if you do it that way. doesn't more, mean you won't still feel it, but man, it's going to make a big difference. More of a general theme, theme lately of be more mindful of sleep, eat and exercise, eating and exercise. Right. Because that's why it's underrated for us. We don't pay much attention to it. Right. We've got to be more mindful about it. It's, it's just being about mind. It, it is about mindfulness and people don't really understand what that word mindful means. So just think, be aware of it. Stay on top of those, those things, make a list of everything I just said and just like checkbox it on a daily, like meet most of those things. And, and that's being mindful. 
So, all right, you guys have a fantastic week. Enjoy your first week of fall. Do all the right, healthy things for yourself. Make good choices. And I'm happy uh, to give all that thought out there in the world. And you guys have a great week. And I will see you next week. Oh, 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 oh,